the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And today you would think we were in a uh, sort of a sports broadcasting studio instead of a financial planning studio. So let me explain that. Dina is uh, sitting in here today for, for Larry, and it's always a pleasure to have you aboard, Dina. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's always so nice to come hang out with you on a Saturday morning. Yeah, but I do understand that you have a specific um, favorite team, you might say, when it comes to sports. I am. I am somewhat <laughs> partial to the New Orleans Saints. Yes. It is It is true. This um, is one day I wish we had a camera in studio <laughs> so you could actually see Dina here in the studio. She's uh, Well, I'll let you explain the outfit that you have on. I'm not supposed to explain my own clothes. Well, I'll, I'll try to explain a little bit of it if you'd like. <laughs> but she is, uh, she's got, well, she's got the fingernails all decked out to go along with the really nice jersey that she's wearing. And that number is number six. And there's a significance behind who's the player for number six. Well, there is. You know, Drew Brees, he's number nine. He's the quarterback. And he's a great, sure. great athlete. He's a great human being. He gets lots and lots of press, rightly so. But I'm partial to number six, Thomas Morstead. He's their punter. Uh-huh. And the Saints have been doing so well this year. He hasn't got a lot of play time. But um, he's not only a, a great athlete, but he also, he and his wife, Lauren started a foundation that that just has my heart. Um, This foundation is called What You Give Will Grow. And uh, he actually named the foundation based on a saying uh, from his his former coach back when he was much, much younger. This is something his coach used to say to him, what you give will grow Mm -hmm. and what you hang on to will die. So he and Lauren uh, several years ago got together with some some amazing uh, marketing minds and some amazing fundraising minds and put together this foundation with the mission to improve the lives of people in need through supporting local causes there in New Orleans and all in the Gulf South. They do some of the neatest events I've ever seen. For example, um, they're they're very passionate about helping children with cancer Mm -hmm. and they Every spring will hold a prom of champions so that these kids who otherwise wouldn't get to go to their high school proms will be able to not only dress up and go dance and have a good night, but they do it at the Superdome. Oh, how cool is that? Yes. And I've just been so impressed with that organization and with all the help that they give to people who really, truly need it. His heart is in it. His his devotion to it is is unwavering. And so... 
I wore number six. Yeah. yeah, what you give will grow. That's right. That's pretty fantastic. Now, you would still probably be a Saints even a fan even beyond that, right? Absolutely, <laughs> I would. But, you know, I started... Because your ties are kind of down there. I started visiting New Orleans, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ballpark and say probably 10 years ago. Yeah. And I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the people. I, I try to go there at least once a year because... That place just has my heart. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I understand it. Now, there is another a person in your office I'm hoping you're not enemies with at this point in time. <laughs> we who, do have another <laughs> advisor in the office who is a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yes, and yes. And my parting words to her were, you know they're going to lose, right? Oh, what did she say? She says, well, I think they probably will, but I still hope they don't. Oh, <laughs> she's so sweet. Good luck with that one. All right. Yeah, you know, stranger things have happened. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get an ego tied up in this, but I am pretty excited about the yeah. game on Sunday. Well, well, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, that's the way it works. That's right. So, if you'd like to dial in, here's our phone number to talk to Dina live here in studio. She is our financial planner, our financial and retirement expert. If you'd like to dial, here's the number: eight five five seven six seven three one two three eight five five rose one two three. Well, since this is a financial talk show, I guess I should talk oh, some yeah. some financial stuff, not football stuff. So uh, let's give a, a review of the week. The Dow closed down just a hair yesterday to close at 23995 The Dow was up 2.4% for the week, so that brings the Dow back up 2.87% so far for 2019. The S&P was down a tenth of a percent on Friday, bringing that index up 35 for the year. The NASDAQ was down about a fifth of a percent yesterday, up 3.4 for the week. NASDAQ, the big winner so far for 2019, up 5.07%. It's it's very, very important to stay focused on your financial plan when the markets are as volatile as they've been these past weeks and months. It is very easy to get frightened out of the market, to get um, to, to... Uh, become so instantly conservative that you want to sell everything and put it in your mattress. That does not advance your financial plan. And in most cases, when you sell out, when volatility is at its worst, you secure a loss, you miss the bounce back up, and you're so fearful that you don't know when to get back in. So the name of the game right now is to stay focused On your financial plan, if you feel that your investments are too volatile, don't do a wholesale flight to cash. Talk to your financial advisor and do a risk assessment. Find out, is your portfolio more risky than the market? Because if it is, you're going to experience more volatility than the market is giving, and perhaps you don't want that. There's a very easy way to rebalance a portfolio and take some risk out without selling everything to cash. Mm -hmm. You can actually actually accelerate your goals in some way if you do buy on these dips too, though, right? You do want things on sale. You want to kind of maybe well, look at that. It's it's absolutely absolutely a a thought that when the market takes these big dives like it has since about mid December, you look for bargains. Mm-hmm. I had some clients call in and buy some individual stocks that they had wanted to buy a long time ago, and the prices pulled back to an attractive level. And they said, you know what? I've got a little extra money on the side right now. I'm going to go and I'm going to buy those stocks. It was very volatile on the outset. That's what you have to expect. You have to expect that when you buy a stock, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. But if you get it at a good price, 
you're going to have a nice bump in the long-term returns. Just do your research, right? Make sure you're getting a value. Do your research. Understand how to evaluate whether a stock is fairly priced or not. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to do that or you don't even know where to start, give us a call. We'll walk you through it. Right. Very good. 855-767-3123. We're going to finish up our summary, and then we'll take some calls. How does that sound? Sounds great. Sounds great. So for the week ending January 11th, equities across the world moved higher, and that was boosted mainly because we had some progress in the U.S.-China trade talks. We also, not yesterday, but a week ago yesterday, the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell made some very comforting remarks about how the Fed is going to handle interest rate hikes from this point forward, and he reiterated those comments this week. The result, the yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury note firmed up to 2 0.69%. The price of a barrel of oil rose almost $3 this week to 51.80, and that was due largely to talks of supply cuts in Saudi Arabia. We're still watching volatility, and that's measured by this Chicago Board of Options Exchange Volatility Index. How's that for a mouthful? We call <laughs> we call it the VIX. The VIX. So, uh, yes, much okay. easier. A week ago, the VIX was at 22 and a half. This week, it dropped to 20. So a little bit more of a settling week if you're, if you're watching the markets and you're investing in the markets. It's as good a time as any to sit down with your financial advisor, rerun your financial plan, do a risk assessment, and make sure that you're not taking more risk than you want or need. But your confidence can be boosted just a little bit by this news. Things are a little bit more stable. Things this week have have turned around nicely. The market was just down a smidge yesterday. Not anything really, uh, not anything really concerning. Um, and before that, we had five or six days of up. Uh, so I, I think that much of the concern that that was injected into the market after the Fed raised rates in December, I think when Chairman Powell made his comments a week ago and then when he reiterated them this week, I think that allayed some concerns in that particular aspect. We've still got the government shutdown that's weighing on people greatly and we've still got this this idea mm-hmm. of are we really at trade war with China mm-hmm. the the it's a big damper on things it well it does and and Larry is so fond of saying that markets don't like uncertainty and those are still two big things that are fairly uncertain in the minds mm-hmm. of investors we did get some positive feedback from the the US China talks earlier this week and it looks like we may have a deal no later than the end of February so that's a very positive boost. The one thing that is still outstanding is how the government is going to handle this this shutdown. Yeah, and in this area, in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, it's a big concern. A lot of folks with that work right now. Many, many folks are, are – uh, involved here in the D.C. metro area with that government shutdown. Um, of course, I'm on social media fairly regularly and seeing lots of reports of people just not getting paid. Mm-hmm. That can't go on very long without it causing a real damper in sentiment and that damper in sentiment can flow through to the markets. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Mortgage payments can't be made, car payments and people's credits affected. It's It's a big deal. The interesting thing is I'm seeing all sorts of companies offering 
assistance to people who are impacted by the government yeah, shutdown. That's nice. um, the plumber that I use, for example, he posted on social media this week that for people who are affected by the government shutdown, they'll still come do the work and they'll give you a deferment on your payment. How nice is that? Uh, food places are offering um, food, free food to uh, families affected. Uh, the local Papa John's Pizza up where I live in Manassas, they said for every one regular price pizza bought, they're going to give one to a family impacted by the shutdown. So the communities are rallying mm-hmm. and trying to help one another out, and that's a wonderful thing to see. It, it does my heart good. That's right. But the bottom line of it is we, we need our elected officials yep. Yep. to come to an agreement and reopen the government. God bless good people with good hearts, for sure, though. Indeed. So, should we take some calls? All sure. right. Let's talk to Allison from Rockville. Allison, welcome aboard. What's your question for Dina? Hi. Um, well, my question is, my husband and I have a 30-year, three years into a 30-year mortgage. He's 59. We intend on working for 10 more years. And we have 200000 in our 401k. I was thinking about taking that out and paying it off towards my mortgage and doing a home equity line of credit for the rest of the mortgage because when I look at the calculations, we're going to pay 130000 in interest over the next 10 years on our mortgage. Is that a terrible idea? It's it's not the worst idea I've ever heard, but it might be in the top 10, Allison. Um, the 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 401k plan, I, I hear that your husband's 59, and at 59 and a half, he can take that money out without that pesky 10% penalty, but you're still going to pay income taxes on the 200000 and the impact of that is that goes straight to your tax return on top of the income that you earned in the year that you made that big withdrawal. The tax hit could be something in the ballpark of 35% on the federal, and depending on You're in Rockville, so it's going to be something in the 6 to 7% ballpark for state. What's the rate on your mortgage? Uh, For 3.5%. If you've got a 3.5% mortgage, I'm going to tell you it's very, very bad math to pay upwards of 35 or 40% in taxes to pay that off. Now, what you can do is you can call your lender and you can ask your lender to run some different amortization schedules for you, showing adding extra money to the principal each month over the next 10 years. Talk to your mortgage lender about what it would take to pay that off by the time you all retire. And then you'll still have that nest egg, which 10 years from now should be far larger than it is today. And you'll have a house that's paid off. Okay. I will call them then. Thank you. Thanks hey, for the call, Allison. Hang on yeah. just a second. We can probably uh, get some more ideas for you offline and maybe help you with that and maybe some of your other financial planning as well to kind of make it all come together. So I'll put you on hold and have Bob uh, pick you up here. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 if you'd like to talk to Dina in studio today. That I get that question so often. Hey, I've got all this money in my 401k plan. Can't I just take that and pay off my house? Well, can you? Sure you can. You absolutely can. It's your money. As long as you pay the federal government what they expect to receive from you when you withdraw that money, you can. But because you can doesn't necessarily mean that you should. The thing that doesn't get considered in scenarios like that is what we call the time value of money. If I take $200,000 today and I invest it at... Let's call it 7%, okay? I'm not going to get wild and crazy over the 
over the rate of return. But there's a thing called the rule of 72. And if you divide 72 by the rate of return that you're earning, in in my example, 7%, that tells you how long it takes your money to double. So if I've got $200,000 and I'm earning 7%, it's going to take me 10.2 years for my $200,000 to double to $400,000. So in Allison's case, working with the lender to come up with a payment schedule to pay that off in 10 years instead of 30 means, yeah, there's going to be some extra cash flow involved because you have to make extra principal payments, but that $200,000 still growing. Mm-hmm. And in your words, there's there's more than one way to build that house with, Absolutely. without going down that other road that could cost you a lot more in the long Yes, run. and the one thing is... Uh, it's also what you don't know, right? How many times do we make all these plans for, for retirement in 10 years or buying a new house in five and then life happens. Mm-hmm. And if you've exhausted the entire retirement plan to pay off a house and something bad something happens, happens in right. life, you may not be able to get at that equity in the house in time to handle whatever life situations come up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good thing to keep that money growing, keep putting into it over the next 10 years, and then find other ways to attack the mortgage. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not bothered by the idea of going into retirement mortgage-free. I'm not bothered by that at all. Some are. Some say, hey, get the biggest mortgage you can and and get a cheap mortgage rate and never, ever pay it off. I understand the math behind that, but I also understand that as we age, we naturally become more conservative. We want less risk in our lives. And as so many of my older retired clients have told me, I don't want the risk that something happens and I lose my house. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a, a, a real risk or a perceived risk, at that stage of life, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's hard to start over at that point. That's right. You want as little risk in your financial life as possible as you age. So, again, not bothered by the idea of paying off the mortgage. I just would rather do it in a more constructive way. Well, speaking of that, I mean, there are other things to consider. Is there any? Is there ever a time that you would really want to dip into that retirement for things like debt or, or any other kind of an thing? To me, that is a... It's a last resort. It's a last resort. Yeah. yeah, it really is. You know, if 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 you're in a situation where you're younger than 59 and a half years old, remember there's always going to be a penalty for outright withdrawals from a retirement plan. It's if, big too. It's a huge. It's big. it's a 10 percent penalty plus income taxes. There is a way around that. You can take a 401k loan, Mm -hmm. which is really a loan from yourself. You pay it back over time with interest to yourself. That avoids the tax and the penalties, but there are limits on what you can take out. So, for example, you can take out 50% of your 401k balance in the form of a loan, up to a maximum loan of $50,000. So if you have $500,000 in a 401k plan, well, first of all, congratulations. Yeah. But secondly, the, the maximum loan you can take against that is going to be $50,000. Mm-hmm. But again, you're, you're... And most emergencies are going to fall in that realm somewhere, hopefully. Hopefully so. Um, I've, I've seen some situations where there have been extreme medical emergencies mm-hmm. that the insurance had a huge deductible, and, and the bills can get big. I, I understand all of that. Um, and sometimes, as, as I've told clients in the past, sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, 
Taking a loan on the 401k plan is a better deal than an outright withdrawal if that's the only place you can go to get help. So let me ask you, in in front of that, if you want to get in front of that, there are other things you can do, such as certain insurance programs for paycheck insurance and other things that you can add in front in front or some sorts of uh, protections that you can put in place if you know about it in advance or you think about it in advance, right? Just having some sort of insurance in place is always important. Well, insurance as, as a, a piece of a financial plan, it's a critical building right. block. We talk about cash flow. Protection planning is the second building mm-hmm. block of a financial plan. Income tax planning comes next. Retirement planning and investment planning are after those. We've got to protect your your ability to earn an income. We've got to protect the assets that you have, your your house, your cars, your your uh, personal effects. And then we can start talking about a, a good savings and investment plan. The name of the game is to be very clued in on your finances. I know so many people who go to work, they they make their paycheck, they buy the groceries, they keep the lights on and and they just are in that that hamster wheel and never yeah. and never stop to see what they're spending. I I can't tell you how many times I've had someone sit across the table from me and I say, "Okay, what what's your income? What's your salary?" They don't know. Mm. So, one of the first things I will say in the beginning of a new year is the just a great time to to change your thought process and get into this sit down and really look at what your financial situation is if you don't know where to start we have a financial planning toolkit that we can send out for you it'll show you how to gather your financial data it's it's actually a booklet that you fill out and organize all of your numbers, mm-hmm. all of the different places where you have accounts, all of the different insurance policies. It also asks, and this is a hugely important thing, it also asks, when is the last time you updated your will? Do you have updated powers of attorney so that if you're unable to handle your financial affairs, someone can legally do it for you? Mm-hmm. A lot of people make the mistake in thinking that a financial plan is just making money through investing. There's a lot more to it. There's so much more to financial planning than just investments. Of course, investments are a huge part, but it's not the only part. Mm -hmm. When I was in school at Georgetown studying for my certified financial planner credentials, there were six areas that we had to pass competency, pass expertise in, cash flow planning, insurance planning. Um, um, Boy, now I'm going to try to list them off and my mind goes blank. (laughs) Uh, Investment planning, retirement planning, estate planning, there. And then you have to know how they all integrate together. Financial planning is one of those areas of life where something that you do in one area has a direct impact, maybe not immediate, but a direct impact on other areas of your financial life. So financial planning is is in a lot of cases more than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a call from New York City. Um, William, welcome aboard. What's your question for Dina? Well, I just, I guess I need your suggestion. I'm 59 and a half. I'll be 60 in three months. I got about $55,000 in debt. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of, my debt is kind of spread out between a vehicle, credit cards, and a couple of loans. And I'm paying them. You know, I'm on time with everything, but I just 
want to hear your suggestions. I'm not using credit cards anymore. I'm done. I'm finished. All right, good. That's step one, William. Thank you so much for the call. I'm actually going to be in your neck of the woods in a couple of weeks. Um, Very excited about coming to New York. Um, Paying off your debt, I'm I'm so glad you asked this question because I so often see people who are in a similar position to you, William. You've got debt and you're making the payments, you're making them on time, but people tell me that it's, it's not going anywhere. The debt isn't moving. I'm making these payments and it's mostly going to interest. So I've got a couple of suggestions for you. My first suggestion is to call each of your creditors and ask them if they are willing to work with you on the interest rate. You'd be surprised. Some of them will say, sure, as long as you're on time, we'll cut your interest rate from 15% to 9 That doesn't sound like a big move, but when you're calculating the portion of your payment that goes to principal versus interest, that's a big win for you. The second suggestion I have for you is to pick one debt and any extra that you pay beyond the minimum, you concentrate it on that one debt until it's paid off. That way you'll actually see some movement in the reduction of the balance. The others, let's say you've got five different debts, and one of them, the smallest one is $5,000, and they're all bigger than that. Really stockpile the payments on that $5,000 one until it's paid off, and then take what you were paying on that one and roll it up into the payment for the next smallest one. I know it sounds counterintuitive. People say to me, well, I want to pay the highest interest one first. That's a way to do it, too. But my, my point is pick one and whatever extra money that you're sending toward debt in a given month, you send it toward that one bill until it is paid off. You'll see movement that way, and it actually accelerates the debt repayment versus paying just a little bit on every one every month. Right, because one of my creditors reduced my credit limit, you know, without even without telling me or anything. I, I looked and I was uh, three thousand dollars less on my credit limit, but I've never been late on a payment on any of them. Sometimes creditors will look to see what your debt-to-income ratio is. They use that as a measure to determine the riskiness of of the, the credit that they extend to you. And creditors can lower your credit limits if they feel that your debt-to-income is, is a little out of whack. William, one thing I'd like to offer for you, I've actually got a, a calculator that I can use and, sh- and create a debt repayment plan for you if you'd like me to do that. Okay, tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to let you talk to Bob. He's going to find out the best way for you and I to communicate, and then we can talk about this next week. Thanks for your call, William. Appreciate that. If you'd like to dial in and talk to uh, Dina, the phone number is 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina Arnett here in studio with us. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. I, I, I have some, you know, with that music in the background, it makes that, me feel like we should be talking about football again. I, You know, good, bad, and ugly, and who's what. And, you know, the New Orleans Saints are obviously the good, right? Yes. And then the Eagles, in your opinion, are the bad. They're good people. But, you know, in this particular case, of course, for competitive I have, purposes, I have bad. my preferences. <laughs> As again, if you if you missed the top of the show, Dina is here in her in her football out, and she's got fingernails to match, which is just a perfect touch. I just it's wonderful. So. Well, once in a while, I have to go a little crazy, and and um, once in a while. Oh, I'm sorry. Had to hey, come there. on, come on now. So you know, I had to get my black and gold on my nails just for the game. I'll go back to normal afterwards. Normal for me. <laughs> normal for you. Yes. Kim is calling us from Connecticut. Welcome aboard. What's your question for Dina? Hello? Hi, how are you? Good. Hey, Kim, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So um, I'm listening to your show, and I just got off with um, True Identity, uh, the creditor, and I had a question, and I can't believe that I'm listening to you, and I got through. So anyway, I have um, in an issue with I actually extended my credit to one of my family members to purchase a vehicle and there were seven hard inquiries on my credit report. Wow. And yes, I know. Um, I had instructed the person who was going for the inquiries to only go through one uh, bank, which I knew would accept me because I had previous um stuff with that bank. Anyway, she took the liberty of going through seven, and one of them did it twice. Um, so my question is, will that affect my credit? How much will that affect my credit? And how could I get that off my credit? <laughs> well, unfortunately, a hard inquiry is going to stay on your credit report for about two years. It won't affect your credit score longer than 12 months. Um, uh, there's really not a way around it. Um, I, I would strongly, strongly suggest that from now on you, you don't allow that kind of thing. I know you want to help your family out, but perhaps you go with them so that you can limit the the number of inquiries. If you're going to be helping out a family member with your very credit, I think you get to, to designate the terms on this. And sometimes uh, you have to go with them in order to make sure that your terms are, are complied with. 
I also know if you're shopping for a specific item, if you'd like for a mortgage, for example, you can get multiple inquiries as long as they're within a certain time frame, and that doesn't affect your credit as well. Now, I will say this. Applying for credit, while it can knock some points off your score, multiple inquiries in a short window should count as a single inquiry when you're shopping for a mortgage, a student loan, or a car. You said that better than I did, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so that, that fits in that criteria. Um, which is good news. Um, I was just going to write a dispute letter. I didn't know if I can just, you know, explain to the creditors that, you know, this was just, you know, um, somebody's miscommunication on their side that, you know, I currently was not allowing them to, um, you know, inquire with all these banks. It's just, it was just, um, just not, you know, I just did not want that on my credit. Um, I am, you know, struggling with trying to get my credit um, afloat. I was, you know, out of work for 18 months, and then I was in school, and then, you know, it was just a hard 18 months, and I didn't have um, too much suffering with my credit, but, you know, still gaining what I lost is is a struggle. I mean, it's not easy. Well, sure. When you take take a hit to your credit, it takes a long time to make it up. So I'm going to close out by saying, Kim, don't let anyone else use your credit to apply for loans. Okay, and I have just one other quick question. Uh, my recent employer uh, just did an inquiry on my credit, too. Could you give me information on why that would be? A lot of employers are checking credit worthiness as a condition of employment. It's, it's not an uncommon practice anymore. Um, they do that as part of knowing who they're hiring. They do that to see if you're someone who's going to be trustworthy, diligent, and if you're in a whole lot of credit card debt and unable to pay your bills, they look at that as, as part of who you are. Oh, okay. So that, that could happen at any time that you're employed with this with the company? I would if ask random? I would ask them if you signed anything agreeing to that. Okay. That okay, that would that be my, my that would be my only comment on that. Kim, thank you so much for the call. I think you might be my first call from Connecticut. I think so. That's awesome. Appreciate you calling, Kim. Take care. Um, and we'll put you on hold and let Bob get some information from you. Maybe we can help you out. Also calling us from D.C., uh, Mom Mercy. Hello and welcome. Thank you. Good morning. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. What can I do for you this morning? Um, I was calling because I'm high overhead in credit card debts. Um, I have been paying um, on time my um credit cards. A um, couple of them reduce my credit limit, which I know sometimes um, creditors will do that. Um, but I, I'm trying to try to pay like off um, by the end of this year. So I um, wrote all the minimum payments, all the um, my total debt on each of them. I wrote it out and um, decide to pay minimum payment at least or a little bit over mm-hmm. so that I can clear I'm in like 50 some thousand and I another goal I have like to get a house this year but I know I have to pay off these debts to be able to um you know get good deal or good interest on a house so yes. what can I do like because I consider paying the smallest one 
and then move to the bigger one when we arrive. I love that method. In fact, I don't know if you were listening when I was speaking to William from New York City a few minutes ago. He had a similar question to you, how to handle these debts. And I suggested to him exactly what you just said. Take the smallest credit card and every extra dollar that you're sending to credit card debt for the month, it goes to that smallest one first. And then when that smallest one is paid off, you take what you were paying on that one and roll it into the next smallest one. And you keep doing that until there, when you reach the last one, you're making very large payments on one card. If you would like, I can put together a debt repayment calculator for you so that you can see how it works. And it's a, it's a spreadsheet type of program that I use, and you'll be able to see the progress every single month as you make payments. And if you get a tax refund and decide to use that to pay down on it, you can plug that in and see how much faster it will pay off for you. This calculator shows you how long it'll take to pay off your debts, and it'll also show you the interest that you will pay using the different methods. That's a great opportunity for you, Mom Mercy. And in fact, we could make that available to other folks as well if they would like Absolutely. to have that. 855-767-3123. We'll put you on hold and get you an opportunity to get that information. And let's go out to, uh, let's go to Georgia today and talk to uh, Marianne. Marianne, go ahead with your question for Dina today. Hi, Dina. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. What can I do for you? Well, um, my husband has recently retired. And we're actually traveling on our first adventure. Oh, nice. We live in Delaware. <laughs> we live in Delaware. We're actually in uh, near Savannah, Georgia. We're on our way to Florida. Good for you. Um, <laughs> we're excited. <laughs> you I should be. <laughs> Retirement can be and fun, right? It's going to be. Yeah. Well, actually, it has been so far. Good for um, you. Please drive safely. How can I help you? Um, Yes, <laughs> We've got them both. That's awesome. <laughs> but right now you're on our radio. Very so, good. Um, so he's going to have his pension. I have my pension. Um, we have our IRAs. Um, we also have savings accounts. And so we have money. And our what? couple other IRAs. A couple other IRAs. So we have money here, there, and everywhere. Okay. So our question is, should we have it in one big happy place that we have access to? Or what do we do with the money that seems to be spread all over the place? I am a big fan of simplifying, um, and what that means isn't necessarily that everything's at one financial organization. So it's it's not uncommon for your banking accounts to be at one organization. You know, you're checking your savings, your money market at one bank where you've got ATM privileges. You can write checks. You can do online banking, and then the investment type accounts are at another organization. Now, when I talk simplification, it can take a couple of different forms, right? So if each of you has a number of traditional IRAs at a number of different organizations, part of simplifying is taking those IRAs and combining them into one. You've got to be very careful. There are some rules about that. You can't combine your IRAs with your husband's. Yours must stay yours. His must stay his. You should not combine traditional 
IRAs with Roth IRAs unless you have made a conscious decision to do what's called a Roth conversion, which means you're consciously deciding you're going to pay the taxes on the traditional IRA and turn it into a Roth. So you can simplify from the perspective of not having money at a bunch of different organizations. And I think that's a grand idea. But from the standpoint of taking a bunch of different accounts and turning them into just a handful of accounts, be sure that they're all the accounts that you combine are titled the same way. Don't try to mix Social Security numbers with the accounts and go from there. Um, a good financial advisor can help you determine which accounts make sense to consolidate and which don't. Any other questions? I was going to say, going to say, Marianne, but before we get those questions, I mean, there is a way to actually manage this in one one envelope. I mean, you guys do have a, a nice opportunity that allows you to put all of your investments into one place where you can look at it and update on a regular basis. We, we do. The financial planning program that we use allows you to electronically link your financial plan to all of your accounts, no matter where they are, and then you can log into your what we call the dashboard, and you can see everything in one place. That is a, it's called a data aggregation, and it allows you to see everything at the same time. So that's another way to handle that as well. Well, the only problem with that is, is that our computer has been hacked twice already. So oh, dear. We're, yeah, we're very leery. Yeah. <laughs> one of the pension plans have been hacked. Yeah, one of the pension plans has Ooh. been hacked. Actually, it was the state of Delaware. Oh, Yay. Oh, my goodness. And we want to thank Bill Ross for having the Roth IRA. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you all have safe travels. Thank you for the call. If you don't mind hanging on, we're going to have Bob get a little bit of information from you. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, you have a great first retirement adventure. Thanks, Marianne. Uh, and he who will not be so named, much. I'm guessing the husband is uh, next to you, right? He, okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. He's, sitting, he's the driver on the passenger. <laughs> and, of course, the woman has to direction oh of course <laughs> and maybe and maybe not who will pay attention to where he's going i got you all right thanks for the call today we appreciate it 855-767-3123 is the phone number to call 855-ROSE-123 over to east texas anywhere near palestine or tyler or anything uh, rob are you not? Uh, near tyler near tyler okay this Excellent. was kind of my own stopping grounds i did radio uh, in that area 100 years ago and I was a little younger. Anyway, well, we, 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 pre, we appreciate your call. Rob, what's your question for Dina? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, we, I have a $500,000 term life insurance policy that I've had for over 40 years. Of course, when I purchased it, it was you know, cheap insurance. Mm-hmm. I'm now a 68 years old, just retired, and I just paid my house off last month, so I'm debt-free. And I do have some retirement funds. I was self-employed, so I have retirement funds. But I was wondering, uh, these premiums are getting over $3,500 a year now, and they're going up every year. Should I maintain that life insurance policy at half a million dollars, uh, you know, death benefit, or should I stop paying the premiums? I think in the long run, I still gain money because I don't think I could pay up to $500,000 in premiums. So <laughs> I, what's your advice? I don't <laughs> think so. Well, the first thing I would say, Rob, this is a 
perfect financial planning application. So when we do financial planning, we're looking to assess your needs in a lot of different areas. And one of those areas is life insurance planning. We want to make sure that we don't advise you to get rid of life insurance that your family may need when you pass away. But we also want to make sure that you don't have more than you need because, uh, as you just said, you're, you're paying a lot of money for it. $3,500 a year at 68 years old doesn't sound horrible to me, but my, my first recommendation is let's do what's called a life insurance needs analysis and see what um, see what your needs actually are. That you have paid your home off tells me your need for life insurance just went way down. Um, I want to see what it may be, if any. Okay, Rob. Well, of course, you know, I'm concerned. About, yes, that's fine. Because, you know, I'm concerned about uh, funds for my wife because, you know, men do tend to predecease their wives uh, in America and in this world. And I want to make sure she's got, you know, plenty of money to live out her life in case I go first. Well, Rob, that is exactly what we help you determine when we do a financial plan. With your approval, I'll put you on hold let Bob get some information from you. Would like to send out to you our financial planning toolkit so that we can have a conversation uh, by phone about uh, what your planning needs are and, and look at and, and look at all this in a little more detail than we can do on the radio. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Appreciate the call. Put you on hold and wish you a very long life. Yes. Indeed. All right, let's go to Arkansas, or some people say Arkansas, I guess. We'd be in trouble if we said that, wouldn't we, Linda? Welcome aboard. and uh, (laughs) I'm already in trouble. (laughs) What's your question for Dina? Okay, I have an IRA. I think it's like an annuity maybe. And I was going to draw it out and roll it over into one of my other ones. It's not a lot. It's like $20,000, and I couldn't do that. Well, I can, but I will lose like six or $7,000 off of it. Okay. And that definitely sounds like an annuity. Yes. So, so I, what, should I, what would be the best way? Just leave it there? I mean, I'm, 60, I'm just 64, so... Should I leave it there for a while, or is there something else I can do? I mean, I could draw it monthly, they said, and that would be my best way to get it, you know, to put it in like a savings account or something. Yeah, and then you're going to have to pay taxes on what you draw out. If you need that income, that may be a fine place to take it from. But if you don't need the income, to me, that sounds like unnecessary taxation. Do you know when the penalties go away? No, I didn't ask that. So there will eventually be where the penalty will go away? Yes, ma'am. The penalty will go away over a period of time. That would be my first question. When will these penalties go away? If they tell you the penalties don't go away for 10 years, well, you've got some decisions to make. I would ask if most annuities have a free amount that you can take out every year without that penalty. So ask what the free amount is for 2019. How much can you take out without being penalized? And then ask, would they accept rollover paperwork for that amount to take the free amount from the annuity and put it into your other account? You may have to oh, okay. you may have to bleed this out over a period of years, but if you're not happy right. with what's happening in that annuity, at least it allows you to start transferring some of the money out. Okay, okay. That's kind of what I was wanting to know. And what is the best um, 
IRA to do? Is it a Roth that you that you don't pay taxes on? It really depends on your situation, Linda. So a Roth IRA is money, the money that goes into a Roth IRA has been taxed on the front end. So you put the money into the Roth IRA, and if you invest it well within that Roth IRA, the money grows. And then when you withdraw that money to provide income for yourself in retirement, what you pull out comes out tax-free. That is a very, very nice long-term benefit. Just be aware that with a Roth IRA, if you take money and put it in a Roth IRA for the first time today, that money has to sit for five years in order for you to get the tax-free benefits. The traditional IRA, which is what most of us have most of our money in because we've put all of our money in the 401k plan pre-tax and transferred it to an IRA, the money has, has given you a tax deduction in the year that you have made those contributions, and that money has grown tax deferred so that any dollars you pull out in retirement are taxable from dollar one. In a perfect world, I would love all of your money to be tax-free, but sometimes that's just not a doable thing. So it may make sense to run what's called a Roth conversion calculator and see if it makes sense for you to start converting little bits of money to Roth so that you have this tax-free bucket later. Okay, okay. What about, I have an SEP. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, is that, well, I have to pay taxes on that when I do draw that out. Yes, ma'am, you will. That's all pre-tax money. That's what I was thinking. Yes. So is that, I mean, should I transfer that out of the SEP or should I just leave it? Tell you. Tell you what, Linda, I don't mean to cut you short, but we are running up on a hard stop here with the show. I'm going to put you on hold and have Bob get your contact information. And you and I can actually talk offline in far more detail uh, than I'm able to do on the radio. Is that all right with you? Okay. Sounds good. Yes, ma'am. Thanks, Linda. Hope to talk with you next week. Marcia is calling us from the district. Hello, Marcia. What's your question for uh, Dina? Uh, I have two questions. One is for... um, Concerning the Experian data breach and what I should do because they sent us a little notification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other one is I have an offer. I haven't accepted, not even an offer, but I had an interview for a job, but they didn't have, it's contractual. And I'm trying to see how do you figure out your um, retirement? Do you have to have that taken out because they don't offer that at all? So if you're working for an employer that doesn't offer a 401k or other retirement plan, you're going to need to set one up yourself. Um, depending on whether you're an actual employee where they take all the taxes out for you or if you're a 1099 contractor, that will determine what types of plans you're able to set up for yourself. Um, that's a, a bit of a lengthy conversation. I'd be happy to talk with you about that uh, on a private phone call, n- not on the air, if that's okay with you. That's fine. And then the other question is, we were sent the, I was sent the data breach um, from Experian. Mm-hmm. Um, Response. They, I think they want a response to um, the data breach that they had a, a year ago, whatever it was. Um, I'm trying to figure out what do I need to do with that. So they have probably sent you a letter saying we're offering 
um, free uh, credit monitoring, um, and they're probably asking if you want to enroll in that. And if you do enroll in that, um, you are probably waiving your right to pursue any damages down the road something like or something that, yeah. like that. Um, I haven't seen the letter from Experian. I know about the Equifax data breach a year or so ago, and that's how they handled things. If you're oh. uncomfortable with the language in the letter, I would say have someone, uh, a legal type professional, read that over and advise you of your rights. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I can't be a, a little more specific on that, but you do, when you get letters like that, you are giving up something if you accept what they're offering. They're trying to limit their liability, which makes sense. Yes, exactly. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, okay. Marcia. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy for, New Year to you all. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Appreciate the phone call. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 201 2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703 201 2494. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina Arnett, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. We appreciate all the phone calls today. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Um, and you know, I've just I've got this picture in my mind with Dina here, and I, I guess you're going to be heading out that direction here shortly, I imagine. I, you know, I have an opportunity <laughs> to go to a football game on, on Sunday, so I guess I'm going to go. Yeah, well, you know, twist your arm, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just have a few seconds left in the show. Appreciate those who are calling, and uh, go ahead and stay on hold. We're not going to be able to take your calls today because you got to get out of here but we will be talking to you and calling you back so hang in there we'll get the information from you so in summary today i just want to remind all of our listeners don't let this recent market volatility scare you away from your financial plan I want you to expect volatility in 2019 as the Fed continues determining what their policy on interest rates will be moving forward as we find out about trade with China, as we work through this government shutdown. Those are all things that inject uncertainty with investors, tend to make investors a little frightened, and that makes volatility mm -hmm. go up. 
Don't let that frighten you out of your investment plan. Don't let it distract you from what you're accomplishing with your financial plan. If you feel that you have too much risk in your portfolio, now is the time to get with your financial advisor and do a risk assessment. If you don't have someone who can do that risk assessment for you, we can. Just give us a call and we'll be happy to work you through it. Have a great weekend. Go Saints. Yeah, go Saints. Appreciate you being here today. It's always nice to have you in great studio to see with you, us. Chris. All right, we'll talk to you again next time on another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. Remember that this phone number, 855-767-3123, is available all week long. Yes, quick. One quick thing. We are starting a series of financial planning and retirement seminars in the Baltimore area. It is on our website, rosenthalwealthmanagement.com. Fantastic. For Bob and Beck and for Dina, I'm Chris McKay. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again next Saturday on the Larry Rosenthal Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.